Hey there, welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm excited to bring you this bonus episode. I chatted with Jennifer Bell. She is a spiritual director and she has been a catechist for the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd program for 23 years. She is a wealth of knowledge on this program and just in the Montessori way. She knows children. She's been working with them for over 20 years. And if you ever feel overwhelmed with your role as a mom, I think we all have, and teaching our children the faith, this is a conversation for you because Jennifer will free you up to realize that the simplest thing that you can do is the most powerful thing you can do for your children. So listen in to part one of my conversation with the lovely Jennifer Bell. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Me too. I'm happy to be here, Stephanie. Yes, thank you. And so everybody, Jennifer Bell is just this lovely lady that I've gotten connected with and um, super excited to have her here with us today. And she's a spiritual director. Um, she's an educator for the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd program. She leads a program locally, and I'm just super excited for you to share more about what you do and what Catechesis of the Good Shepherd even is, if someone hasn't heard of it yet, um, and just this really cool way of teaching our children, really modeled after the Montessori way, which I am fully on board with, and I bet a lot of my listeners are as well. Um, so Jennifer, could you start by introducing yourself, sharing about your work as a spiritual director and um, educator for the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd program, and just sharing a little yeah. bit about what you do? Yeah, thank you. So um, I'm a catechist of the Good Shepherd, and I've been a catechist for 23 years. Um, my children uh, were the ones who were in uh, their own atrium program from three years old and were living their relationship with God. And uh, there was a hunger about it that was, uh, I still see it now. It's a little scary sometimes to us adults. It's so strong when, um, when they know what they want and need to live this out. So I stayed close to the catechists of my children and learned about the catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And then uh, after some time, um, I entered into the uh, formation, and that is where adults go and um, get for themselves ways uh, to come alongside children, because we really can't bring what we don't already have. And so it has been my religious formation, I'm so happy to say. And um, so for 23 years, I've been with children weekly. I've never stopped. Um, children zero to 12 years old. Uh, and I've been in parish environments, um, in a home atrium, in an atrium, in a school. So I've seen all those ways, worked with several other catechists. And so really all I have to give is um, my experience. So what I've done for all these years is go into formation with other catechists, with um, our catechesis mentors, women uh, mostly, and men, some, 
who have been around in the catechesis and been with children for all these years and share their wisdom. So with the children, I'd get questions about how to be better with the children. I'd go to formation, get some answers, get more questions, things that I wanted to try with the children and back and forth for a lot of years. So now I'm a formation leader in level one and level two. So that's uh, three to six year olds and six to nine year olds. And um, I worked with the Sisters of Missionaries of Charity for seven years in San Francisco. And then that's Mother Teresa's sisters. And then last summer, I got to go to Rome twice to train them, the, the novices. And that was spectacular. Wow. And I've worked in the seminal um, catechesis is really looking with kind of like the third generation of catechists right now. We're looking, asking, what is the religious life of zero to three-year-olds? And we know that when three to six-year-olds, it's the richest time of all of our lives. Um, the sensitive period for the soul, they're getting so much uh, learning and they they have such a hunger for God in the three to six year olds and so we're working with zero to three year olds to see how that is true as well so so then it's been about uh, three years ago for three years before that I went to San Francisco Theological Seminary and wanted to become a spiritual director so I was learning all these grown-up ways to be a spiritual director and I thought why is this so familiar and it was because of my atrium time spending that time with the children just coming alongside their own spiritual lives and it's exactly what I do with adults and actually I will not stop being with children because they inform my spiritual direction with adults so Yes, children are such great teachers, and I definitely think that other moms would agree that they teach us so much more. <laughs> you know, they yeah. they have this very fresh pers perspective, and I like that you say it's a sensitive period for souls because yeah. that, you know, zero to five or even zero to six, you know, those first few years of life, they are yeah. really yearning for goodness, for truth you know, yeah. have so many great questions, like you said. And, yeah. you know, if someone hasn't even heard of catechesis of the Good Shepherd, like, you know, catechism, as we know, as a lot of us probably know, is like, you know, the teaching, the, the yeah. uncovering of the truths of the church. And so catechesis of the Good Shepherd, how is it different from like other faith-based programs where we're teaching our children religious education? Um, what does it look like, you know, practically like in the atrium, which is what you call the classroom, right? So that right. classroom setting, that atrium setting, like what, what is happening there that is so magical because it seems so magical to me. It is magical. And um, it's really based on Jesus's words in Matthew 18, one through five, where he says, if you want to know the kingdom of God, turn and become like children. So it's kind of a parable that we as adults don't really know what to do with because, well, what are children like? You know, they sometimes aren't in control of their bodies. That's certainly not what 
what was meant or you know we there's some and if you're not living with children we so easily forget my children have grown and so if I weren't with children on a regular basis I'd forget they're very different than we are as grown-ups um, so we can look at some some uh, characteristics they have and and so then maybe that'll bring some light but they have a huge capacity for prayer and their prayer is thanksgiving and praise they don't quite have asking for things um, of gratitude they have a capacity to enjoy and kind of as adults joy that I mean we're happy sometimes but that's different than the deep joy that I mean in the children you could almost see they're glowing from their hearts um, this kind of joy at just figuring out how to cut a flower at the right length so it stays in the vase kind of thing um, they have a huge capacity to love. They they can love even the most unlovable with such ease. I mean, those who we call unlovable. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a huge need for relationship. Actually, they have a physical need for relationship, don't they? So, um, and but we all have a great need for relationship, and they love to celebrate those relationships and. And, you know, so do we, to bring them to uh, concreteness, you know, to physical uh, way of being. They're very physical and they're metaphysical at the same time. So the atrium, rather than a classroom, we um, is kind of a, a fellowship of, of, of like beings who want to know God more, who already know God so fully and want to know God more. And we spend a lot of time with what we call grace and courtesy. And that is just ways, this is how we'll walk in the atrium. Someone might be listening to God. Someone might be experiencing Jesus or the Holy Spirit at this moment. So our feet are going to, you know, we're going to watch where our feet fall and they won't fall on someone else or on a mat or on someone else's work. Um, Our voices are quiet so we'll walk over to a person to speak to them rather than yell across the room Um, when someone has chosen a material uh, it's for their meditation so they can use the material until they're done with it and they restore it on the shelf and that's how you know they're done with it so you know these these things sometimes take uh, a couple of months but um, the the child has a Montessori called it a sensitive period, an exceptional uh, need and desire for order. So um, they love that there's order. They love that they know how to treat one another and how to do things. Um, so good. So yeah. And thing. so what is like, what is an example of one of the materials? I mean, I know a little bit, but if the listeners don't know, like what is something that maybe would be on the shelf, like similar to a Montessori environment um, where they have, you know, maybe beads that they're threading or, you know, water that they're pouring, you know, what are the materials specifically at um, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd? Yeah, it is a Montessori environment in that way. So, um, so we have uh, bean spooning, we have rice 
uh, spooning, we have um, an exercise with a dropper. You know, pinch, pinch and move and release. It's 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 complicated when you think of it. And um, we have water pouring in equal and unequal containers. And we have, like you said, bead, bead stringing. So we have a, like a whole um, uh, few of the items that could be done without a presentation, without showing a child how uh, even bean spooning has a little bit of a presentation to model how slowly we can go and carefully we can go. Um, and then there's there's a, an area of uh, ways to clean up. So um, it. It's something that we practice. I, one time in an atrium, a plant fell over off a plant stand, and I, I saw it, but I was so happy with myself that I turned back to the work I was doing, and the children knew right where the dust broom was, the dustpan. They knew where the trash was. They, I mean, there was no danger. The I think the I don't know if the pot broke or not, but if there's danger, I would go over and make sure that no one was going to get cut. But um, I could just kind of look through the corner of my eye. They didn't even know that I uh, was looking, really. And they did such an exceptional job uh, cleaning everything up with such joy and uh, satisfaction. Um, wow. So the, the, we have, um, so then in, in catechesis, we would move um, to uh, a time where they're preparing the cruets preparing the chalice, just like we see at Mass, and preparing the cruet. Um, and they, so that water pouring uh, relates directly to later some content that, uh, that is the catechesis content. Um, there's polishing and taking good care of the environment. And for example, there might be a wooden cross that needs to be polished, and so someone would polish and put it on the prayer table as their gift, as, as their prayer, and we'd all gather at the prayer table later. Uh, someone, there'd be flower arranging. Someone could put flowers uh, as their prayer, maybe over by a material that they particularly loved that day or on the prayer table where we'd all enjoy. There's candle care um, for it to get those drips uh, off and make the candle perfect for lighting. and. So, um, but the atrium year, once it's really important, the grace and courtesy is really important, and those, uh, we call it practical life, bean spooning and water pouring helps the children um, settle their bodies, uh, practice self-control. So when it's time for some content, they will have already practiced controlling their bodies, so they might be able to listen to some of it. and. So our job, too, is to not have um, outrageous expectations that they can sit for a 10-minute prayer service because I have a lot of really great things to say as the adult. <laughs> so we try to really match them and, and, mm -hmm. and try and for success. <laughs> mm -hmm. So good. I've actually been having to remind myself of that so much lately at home with yeah. the, you know, having reasonable expectations. My husband and I were just talking about yeah. that. And he said, I think you yeah. might need to lower your expectations, Stephanie. And yeah. I think it's so true that, you know, our children are capable of so much. It's incredible yeah. what a three and a half year old, like my daughter's age, what they're capable of, but they are still three and yeah. a half and their development is still 
where it's at. And yeah. maybe they seem like a five-year-old in certain instances and then a two-year-old in other instances. And I think just accepting that they are where they are and we're going to come yeah. alongside them. I know that is definitely a Montessori practice of like coming alongside the children. And I know that because I've, like I shared with you, um, I have worked in a Montessori classroom and I think that is something really powerful that when we apply it to then teaching our children the faith, I think that can be a real game changer for this generation of new moms coming alongside our children and not treating them as if they don't have the capability of grasping or we know more and they just need to obey and listen. And of course there's a place for those things in family life. Yes. But I think the coming alongside, I, that's what is so beautiful to me about this way of teaching the faith is, you know, God comes alongside us in our faith journey and he is the perfect parent. So as our, example that is how we should parent wouldn't you say yeah i i do i do and you know i i catch them looking so deeply at me like wow we're gonna get to do it this way and they're so used to and gosh as a parent i just wish i could have a (laughs) do-over since i would talk (laughs) so much less and i would instruct so much less and so I think they're like, wow, we just, we get to explore this relationship with God. And you know what it is to, we're trained in the Catechism of the Good Shepherd to look where we have the confidence that they already have a relationship with God. We're not giving them that. We're not coming alongside people who are lacking. They are not lacking. And um, so many times when I think, oh, that was a strange response, that wrong answer, I kind of, you know, noticed that in my head after I (laughs) Mm -hmm. finished a a presentation. And, you know, it's hard for us. We have to be disciplined, too, just like what you say about expectations, you know. Um, But then later I'll sit with it and I'll think, oh, my gosh, I never thought of the parable in that way. And that is brilliant. And it changes my life and my uh, relationship with God. Okay, that's it for part one. Tune into part two. Jennifer is going to be sharing some practical tips for teaching your child the faith in the home, and she will also share with you some resources she has. You can go check out her website, spiritdirection.com. All the links are in the show notes. Thanks for being here. Bye for now.